and welcome back to Laravel Podcast Season 5, where every single episode is about a particular package this time. So today we're going to be talking with Joseph Silber, the creator of Bouncer. So Joseph, can you say hi to the people real quick and tell them a little bit about yourself before we get into the package conversation? Yeah, hi, I'm Joseph Silber, and I'm a core contributor to Laravel for many, many years now. Mm-hmm. And I also have the Bouncer package, which we'll be discussing today. I also have a popular different package called PageCache, and that's basically my public profile. Okay, tell us a little bit about Bouncer. Can you give us the elevator pitch about the package? Like, what's it for and what is the main job that it's solving for folks? So Bouncer is a way to manage permissions and roles for any app that uses Eloquent. Eloquent is Laravel's ORM. Any app that uses Eloquent, if you start using Laravel's built-in gate and the policies, eventually, as your app grows, you start having needs for more dynamic stuff and you want the abilities to live in the database so that they can be controlled by your users, like an admin can go into a dashboard and control it. Mm-hmm. And you also have the need then for roles to have like groups of abilities that are assigned to different users and you can update them together and manage them that way. And that is basically what Bouncer does. Okay. So where before we even talk about a little bit more about what it does, can you tell me the history of like what inspired you to make it in the first place? Yeah, so authorization, not to be confused with authentication, I think we covered that in the previous podcast, but authorization is like every app, when it gets to a certain size, usually needs some sort of authorization. And there's always been a lot of PHP packages for authorization. But back in the day, by now many years ago, Taylor introduced the gate concept in Laravel, which is Laravel's built-in way to handle authorization. And what I saw then is that all these existing packages were off at the side doing their own thing, and they weren't integrated fully within Mm -hmm. Laravel. And I saw an opportunity there where we can build something that sits on top of what Laravel gives you so that you can continue using Laravel's authorization checks throughout your app the same way you're used to using it. And just when you're assigning the abilities, you do that through Bouncer, but the checks Mm -hmm. all run through the same standard process that all Laravel apps run through. I love that. And if anybody doesn't know, we'll put a link into the show notes to the authentication and authorization episode from last podcast with Joseph. But effectively, the gate in Laravel basically allows you to say, can this user do this thing, edit this thing, create this thing or whatever? So what Joseph is kind of saying is like, let's keep using that same syntax, but allow it to be backed by a more robust system, which is what Bouncer kind of brings to the table, right? Yep. Perfect. Actually, before we talk about how to use it, are there any key dependencies or steps for setting it up or anything like that? Or is it really just kind of composer install and run your migrations? Yeah, Bouncer doesn't have any dependencies. You just install it, then you run the migrations. It comes with a set of migrations because you're going to be storing the stuff in the database. You need several tables that Bouncer sets up for you. And that's basically it. I mean, documentation has a simple walkthrough of how to set it up. No dependencies. So if I were to set it up, if I were to use it one of my apps today and I say, I think I'm going to get to a place where... Maybe my super administrators, right? The people who run the whole app are going to have to define maybe for each tenant or something like that, who's the admin there, who's the whatever. And maybe even the admins of the tenant can decide the roles of some of the people beneath them or whatever. So all this stuff, the biggest thing with Bouncer is that this stuff is all happening in the database, which means you can allow users to administer it versus what you'd have to do traditionally, which is either write it yourself in the database, which means you're having to like reinvent the wheel, or the programmers are writing that kind of stuff in code, right? You're defining who has access to what in code, you're defining the roles in code. So the cool thing about this is it's all defined in the database, makes it easy for people to edit it. So if I wanted to set that kind of basic concept up, what's the actual day-to-day experience of working with this application like? So it really depends because you started mentioning their different tenants and Bouncer does have separate support for multi-tenancy, which is a whole nother level of complexity on top of standard stuff. Oh, really? Yes. 
you don't have to get into all the details. Yeah, ignore tenants for now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's in it's in the documentation. But the bouncer has specific support for multi tenancy, where you can have different roles and different abilities for different tenancy application. Love but it. let's just taking a simple app that has one set of abilities and one set of roles. Then probably what you would do is you would set up in a Cedar class all of the abilities and the roles that you want. You would probably start out your roles with the defaults that you think make sense for which abilities. You would hook them up. And then once you have that, you can build a front-end UI that's going to let their use, your users toggle that. And then it's up to you if you want to let them create new types of roles that you hadn't created or you only want them to be able to add and remove abilities amongst roles or assigning users to roles. That's totally up to you. Bouncer gives you all the flexibility there and you decide how you want to build your front-end. I love it. So... I have an app where it has to do with payroll at Titan and there's employees and then there's like managers and then there's administrators. And so I like to be in a place where a manager can like add new employees, an employee can't add new employees. So at some point I would have seeded the three roles, right? Like there's admin manager and then there's employee. And then in a database somewhere or Nova or some kind of administrative tool, I basically go to each individual person and say, what role are they attached to? And then Am I also attaching roles to abilities, which are the things that are directly being checked by gate in the in that same interface, theoretically at least? Yes. Again, theoretically, it's up to you how you build your user interface. But Bouncer's interface, right. if you look at the documentation, Bouncer's interface, like everything you do in Bouncer reads like a sentence. So mm-hmm. you can say Bouncer, allow user to edit post. Or right. you can say Bouncer, assign admin to user. So within Bouncer, you can you have all this flexibility, and then you decide what you want to expose to your users, how much flexibility you want to give them. Right. Love it. So if somebody finds themselves in a place where they want to, for any way, shape, or form, that they decide that they want to have a database-managed set of roles and permissions and who's assigned to each role, Bouncer is basically a pre-made structure with some really convenient tooling for it. Other than the thing that you just mentioned, you're using the kind of this more easy to use syntax for assigning these things. I know that Bouncer doesn't have much of a read syntax because the reading of this, the configuration is just continuing to use Laravel's ACL as it exists, right? And that's by design. Right. That's really cool. Is there any other interface between the programmer and Bouncer other than the write part when they're setting who's assigned to a role, which role has which abilities, which roles exist? Or is that really it? You're just configuring those things and then Bouncer does all the magic from there. So this is something that keeps on coming up. In general, you don't have to do that. But the only thing that people do want to check is roles. Since the gate, Larval's own gate, has no built-in concept, concept of roles, of roles right. people want to ask Bouncer whether a given user has a role. But mm-hmm. I personally consider that a, uh, an anti-pattern. And I've written about that in the documentation because the reason people ask for roles is, for example, instead of creating a broad ability that says access dashboard, and right. checking that before accessing the dashboard, they hard coded into their code, is the user a admin, admin? or whatever? Yeah. And so. I don't think that's great because that like kind of locks you into that. The whole idea yeah. here is that roles are just a shortcut, a way to bundle a Assign. bunch of abilities yes. and apply them to a user. So actually, I know there are some packages out there that have more syntax sugar around this. For example, Laravel has a built-in blade directive at can, mm-hmm. which checks whether a user can do something, a given ability. So Bouncer doesn't actually ship with a at role. Some systems ship with these kinds of things, at role, mm-hmm. where you check mm-hmm. in the in blade, whether it's a role or even a middleware, where you could wrap some routes based on and Just give it access yeah. only based on the user's role. 
Bouncer doesn't ship with that because I, I don't think that's the correct way to do it. It might be easy sometimes to get off the ground, but eventually it comes back to bite you. Yeah. It's mu I'd much rather you create a very broad ability and uh, lock it up by that, that ability, like can access dashboard and go assign the access dashboard to the admin role. And then eventually you can change that up. But people yeah. still want to do it. So Bouncer does give people the ability to ask Bouncer whether a user has a given role or not. So they can wire that up themselves, but we don't give it to them because I don't think that's right. Yeah. And I mean, I totally get that. So in this example of this payroll app, I originally only had two types. I had users and I had admins. And if I had built it checking on whether you're an admin and then later wanted to add the manager role, which can do some things admin can't, but not other, I would have then had to change all those checks to say is admin or is manager. But I originally built it to say can do this, can do that, can do whatever, and assigned those abilities to the admin. So later when I added managers, I was like, oh, ad managers also can do these two things. Boom, that's it. Versus having to suddenly change all my role checks everywhere else. So Correct. I'm 100% on board with that. Funny thing about that, the method in Bouncer to check whether a user has a given role is called is a. So you say user mm -hmm. is a admin, but just because I really like things to read like sentences. I have yeah. an overload. I have two methods. One one is is a, the other is, is n with an n. <laughs> so you do is an that. admin or is a subscriber. I love that. What's funny is uh, I thought that's it's like very intuitive, but I forgot mm -hmm. that some people aren't native English speakers. So mm. somebody actually opened up an issue on GitHub that they have uh, the name of the role in a variable and they don't know which of the two to call, whether it's is a or is n. So that's you have awesome. to always remember that not everybody speaks English the yeah. way we do. <laughs> that's cool. But the funny thing is the answer can be, well, which is appropriate given the name of your variable. Correct. <laughs> you know? That's what I told them. But <laughs> I love that. That's so good. Okay. So are there any lesser used features or any cool things that you've seen people do with Bouncer that are kind of outside of the norm? Or do most people kind of stick within the main usage of it? So I guess let me just quickly run through like the main uh, features, how you interact with Bouncer. So you can yeah. either say allow... Roles are simple. You assign a role to a user or you retract the role from the user. Abilities, Bouncer has two concepts of abilities, allowing abilities and forbidding abilities. So you can allow a broad-based ability. Let's say you allow a user to, to edit any post. Then you can forbid them from editing a single post. And mm -hmm. that way you can layer these things based on the exact granularity that you need. So Bouncer has an allow and disallow. Allow adds an ability, disallow removes the ability. Mm -hmm. Forbid doesn't remove the ability. Forbid adds a forbidden permission so right. that it locks it down further so you can play around with the granularity, whatever you need. And sometimes it trips up people because people think if they if they say forbid and then they say unforbid, mm -hmm. then they think it's automatically going to be allowed and they don't realize that the user actually needs a permission to do that. Mm -hmm. If you're just removing the forbidden part, it doesn't automatically become allowed. Yeah. So that's something that's stripped up people. I've tried to improve it in the docs. Maybe you have an idea for that, but... I don't know if I have any better ideas. It <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Because a, for, a remove forbid is very different than allow, right? Correct. So I think yes. that it's, it's pretty intentional there and it makes sense. So Yeah. So what I've seen people do with this is people use this for banning users. Mm -hmm. So if you want to ban a user, you don't really want to take away all their abilities because then once you decide to release the ban, you're going to have to somehow figure out and recreate all the abilities you've given them. Right. So what people do is they create a band role. On the band role, they say forbid everything. Okay. Bouncer has like very complex types of abilities. You could do everything. You could do per model, model, individual models, broad-based models. You could say like allow to view everything, delete mm -hmm. this. It's very, very flexible. Yeah. So what people do, they create a band role and that role forbids everything. Now they want to ban a user. They assign them that role. 
when they decide to remove the ban, they just remove yeah. the role and they fall back to all their existing abilities. That's great. A forbidden, a forbidden, whatever. When you forbid something, it over automatically overrides any of the allowances that happened before it, right? Like, or, well, any other allowances. It's always an override of the allow. Correct. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Is there any concept of like timing, like which layers on top of which that you have to ever consider, like in terms of permissions? Not really. Only with regards to forbidding and allowing. That the forbidding okay. always takes precedence over whatever was allowed, okay. but. Other than that, no. They're just stacking up. You can add two allowances. You don't have to worry about which of them came first because yeah. they're both allowing you to do something. Yeah, the only difference there is that in addition to whatever you set up in Bouncer, sometimes you do want to set up some sort of checks within your own code, whether it's mm. by using gate define or within a policy, if it's like really complex business logic that doesn't fit within the standard Bouncer stuff. And then you have to be careful. You have to know which one runs first. Got so it. actually, Bouncer... Currently, we changed it recently because people were intuitively thinking about it differently. But Bouncer currently runs after your policies, after everything you do. So if okay. you you if you explicitly allowed something or you explicitly forbid something, and the way that works from the gate is you return a Boolean. Yeah. There's also other complex types of responses you can reply with from within a policy that were added later on in Laravel. Mm -hmm. But the main way is you respond with a Boolean. And if you return null, then the gate keeps on checking all the checks down the road. Oh, interesting. So the gate itself ha also has several levels that are checks. The first checks, there's a global before where you yep. can register in the gate before anything starts. So you could, without bounce, so you could just say if the user is an admin, right. let's say, then... Yeah. Allow everything. everything. So there's yeah. there's a before and there's the gates and there's the policies and the policies themselves can also have a before. So you can have mm -hmm. before just specific to that type of model that the policy addresses. Yeah. And then there's an after callback after the all, all of your stuff is done after. So currently what Bouncer does is Bouncer registers itself as an after callback on the gate. So after Got all it. your checks are done, if you did not make a decision whether to allow or disallow, then Bouncer runs. If you already made a decision, Bouncer doesn't run at all. Got it. And there's a setting actually where you can switch it so that Bouncer should run in the before callback. So it should run before all your code. Okay, so for example, cool. if you were to use like the banned uh, forbid role that we were talking about before, it wouldn't ban anything that you have explicitly allowed within your code mm -hmm. unless mm -hmm. you instruct Bouncer to run before your code. That makes a ton of sense. And so the helpful thing about that is if you have a check and Bouncer by default is running after, you, if you return true or false, both of them will now forbid or will basically skip bouncer entirely, and you got to return null or void basically in order to um, like return return null or don't return at all in order to allow bouncer to do its thing. Exactly. Yes. Okay, that makes a ton of sense. It's very clear that you've worked with a lot of different people using this in a lot of different apps, and that's my favorite type of package because not only have a lot of like nuances and edge cases been considered, but like the historic downfall of like every major, especially like in the jQuery world, I think of this package is when every single thing that comes along, they just add it and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and more bloated. And so I love hearing an opinionated author saying, I'm still trying to keep this with this like original vision I had. I'm trying to make it work for other people, but I'm also always asking like, what's the best next step for the majority of people? So seeing kind of how you apply the, that way of thinking to this package and try to keep it still sensible and still reasonable you're willing to change from your original defaults i love i love how you approach that man thanks so actually another there's a, another feature that many people have been asking for and which wasn't again like you said in my original vision and people want per model roles so people want to let's say have an admin role where obviously if you apply the admin role to a user they can do anything in the within the mm -hmm. whole app they want to apply an admin for for let's say for billing yeah 
So you have invoices. They want to apply a user to be an admin on invoices, which means that they can create, delete, update, and do anything with invoices. Mm -hmm. So they want to have a, a role, but apply the role selectively that the user is only that role given on certain okay. uh, either models or model types. Yeah. And that's an interesting concept. I've tried tackling it many times, and so far I've failed. And the reason is because just writing the code itself is not that hard. What's hard is when it comes to caching, because... Bouncer has several different strategies for caching. So you think about you land on a page and that page mm -hmm. might be running several auth checks. You don't want to hit the database for every check. Right. So by default, what Bouncer does is it figures out that builds up a huge query behind the scenes, a really complex query. I mean, if you just <laughs> beautify it, it's like yeah. 50 lines or more. Yeah. And it figures out based on the roles and based on the, the relationships and everything. And it pulls out all the abilities from the database that mm -hmm. the user has. It caches that for mm -hmm. the current request. And then any further checks that you do mm -hmm. are done against mm -hmm. those abilities. That's great. Now, Bouncer also has the option, if you want to, where you can cache it across requests. So that mm -hmm. once it's cached, follow-up visits are not going to pull it again. Yeah. But this worked, and it worked for me and for my use cases and for the early people that were using this the, um, Bouncer. But as people were adding more and more abilities and people were getting really granular and they could have a single user that had literally hundreds if not thousands of abilities wow and pulling that many abilities from the database just, just wasn't going to cut slow. it yeah so bouncer actually has two different strategies that you can configure of how it fetches either it fetches the specific ability that you need for this one or it caches it now for the first strategy where we pull out all the abilities which is what most people usually want because you don't end up with thousands of abilities unless you're doing something very specific yeah so if you do that then you can't really have uh, model-based roles mm -hmm. think about it the abilities are connected to a specific model based on the role. Yeah. I, I don't know how much we can get into the details uh, here on air because it gets really grainy, but it's just yeah. not doable. Yeah. So there's a lot of decisions that have to be made. I was thinking maybe of just having to uh, explicitly opt into this feature so that you know mm -hmm. whether it's doing mm -hmm. another query or not. But yeah, that's something that the users that ask for it don't understand the complexity of it, and they shouldn't. That's why yeah. we get paid the big bucks. Right. <laughs> the big open source bucks, totally. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's funny because in that app I told you about, the payroll app, I have a role called edits, edit users or, or admin users. I have a role called admin billing, and they're different roles that you can have multiple roles. And so... Uh, or abilities, I'm not sure, but basically I ended up having to delineate the fact that administering one versus administering the other is not the same. So it's not by a model by model. It's like a model type basis. And it felt a little bit weird to name something, not admin, but like admin, whatever. But in the end, end, like who cares? Like what I was saying is some people can do this, some people can do that. And each of those is a bundle of abilities. So they're not, it's just not just ability. So I just made those little bundles. And then I signed again, like, so I actually didn't, I don't know if I had some, I think I may end up for like a manager has multiple roles and a manager has like the edit billing or ad admin users role. I don't know, something like that. So it's like in order to do what you're saying, I did end up having to do like almost like grandchildren roles where like yeah. this role applies these two roles and then this role. So, yeah, I understand that the problem you're running into because you're talking about basically bundles that are bundled differently. But you kind of think of them all within like the admin scope, basically. Yeah. It's yeah, not just tough. admin. For example, you could have like a reader that the 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 role itself basically says that you can read everything. It would mm -hmm. be view. You can view everything. But then you want to selectively apply that. You can view everything, yes, but I'm only going to apply that to invoices and bills and receipts, let's say. Mm -hmm. So again, you could technically just create a reader for invoices role, reader right. for this role, but it gets quite hairy. 
So maybe one day uh, I'm going to try to tackle that. I like it. Sounds like a lot, but I like it. So so that's actually a perfect transition because I was about to ask you about the development roadmap. But but actually, before we talk about development roadmap, is there any other kind of like foundational aspects of work in this um, package that we haven't talked about? I guess ownership. Uh, Bouncer has a very powerful concept of ownership. So in addition to allowing or disallowing specific abilities directly, you could say that the user can only do that if they own it. Mm-hmm. Now, let's think about a post. Let's say a post, the editor that wrote it, they own it. It's theirs. Let's say the post has an underscore user ID, and that user ID is some user. Now, you could say in Bouncer, you could say Bouncer, allow user to own posts. Okay. Now, once they can own posts, that means that any post that they're going to try to view, delete, edit, or whatever, it's going to check if the user ID on that post matches the ID of the current user. And mm-hmm. you can configure that if it should be user ID or something else, and you can configure. Yeah. And you can also say that you only want them to, you only want to allow them to own stuff for certain abilities. Like they can own it to view it, but not to delete it. So interesting. It's yeah. really powerful stuff. I love that. I mean, that's a, that's one of the most common things I do. Is you can do this if you're an admin or if you own the post. So Correct. totally makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I love that. Anything else we haven't covered? Yeah, and then there's multi tenancy. Oh, right. Multi tenancy mm-hmm. basically is. The way it works for users is quite simple. It's quite complex behind the scenes, but it's just a middleware that you apply to your routes. And in your middleware, you have to figure out, obviously, how you identify the current tenant. Let's say you have a subdomain or something. You pull out that subdomain, and Bouncer has a method called scope2. So you say okay. model um, Bouncer scope2, mm. and you pass it whatever identifier it is. And now everything you assign, everything you check at the gate, everything is now going to be scope2, that identifier that you gave it. And people actually use that. People use it for multi-tenancy, but people also use that for regular apps where they want to have complete separation between the public dashboard and their admin dashboard. So in a way, it's multi-tenancy. You have one system where you right. have totally yeah. separate uh, roles and abilities for the front end than you have for the for your for your private dashboard. Yeah. So people do then they, they just do like instead of passing a subdomain, they pass let's say public or private. It's just an identifier. That's cool. But, yeah, I like that a lot. It kind of makes you think that anytime you're working with the complicated UX of the user experience of, of uh, ACL, like why would you not use this app, which is <laughs> probably the sign of a job well done. So that's awesome. Thanks. Okay. So do you have a development roadmap that you like to share? Is there kind of like a next version or did you potentially just push out a next version or anything like that? Well, like, so where really, are you, where if are you want to talk about versions, I, yeah, let's talk about it. I actually have not released 1.0 of Bouncer yet. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is that... To my great detriment, I'm a huge perfectionist. <laughs> and people think that perfectionists release perfect things, and that's not really true. Perfectionists never release never really anything because they're not perfect. They let, <laughs> you know, as the saying goes, never let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Uh-huh. So I think I'm just going to, I mean, Bouncer has been downloaded over a million times. It has like yeah. 3,000. Super stable. Yeah, super I think I'm just going to release it right now. Right I now, I'm sitting here with you. I'm going to yes. release it. Let me just release it. I'm going to release it and oh that's it. God. Okay. I'm going to write the release notes afterwards. I'm just going okay. to. Okay. This is a special moment. Publish release. That's it. It's published. Hey. <laughs> come on. No backtracking deal, of that. <laughs> I love that. Hold on. Do I have any? Um, I'm trying to see if I. Oh, wait. Hold on. Clapping. Hold on. Going live. I've got a sound effects board that I always forget to use. So let me see if it. I don't know if this is actually going to end up in the editing. So for if any of the rest of y'all don't hear this, it's going to be just for me and Joseph. Of course, now this thing is taking forever. It's worth the wait, I swear. Oh, come on. Okay, I said it's worth the wait, I swear, and now it's just going to spin forever. Oh, well. 
Yay. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, there we go. Well, that's awesome. Oh, hey, there, there we go. <laughs> there you go. You and I hear it, even if nobody else does. <laughs> um, that's you know, awesome. I actually had a mentor a while back, many years ago, and there was a was a newsletter that was coming out and he asked me to write something for it. And I told him, I don't have the time. Mm-hmm. So he said, you have less time than the other people around you. <laughs> Why don't you have the time? And I started giving him the talk that I'm perfectionist and I like everything to be perfect. So it takes me longer. And he told me something then that was pretty powerful. He said, the source of perfectionism is usually hubris. Oof. You're just too proud to release something um, that is not the best, the uh-huh. most perfect version of what it yeah. could be. Yeah. And obviously that hurt, (laughs) but I went home and I was thinking about it a couple of days and then I came back to him. I told him, I don't think you're right. You know why? Because everything I do in my private life that never sees the light of day, that the public never sees, I'm also very, uh, very particular about, and I make sure everything's perfect. So he says, yeah, (laughs) all perfectionists say that because you have to be internally consistent. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I thought I got you. And he's like, nope, nope, still not. So yeah, over the years I've been thinking about it and I, I think he's right. Unfortunately, he is right. So just got to go for it. I'm glad it's it, out, man. Um, nice work. We'll keep going. <laughs> I love it. It's funny. I um I used to be a perfectionist and then I overcorrected the other direction and I just put everything out no matter what. And then I ended up with stuff that I wasn't proud of. So now I'm trying to find like a little happy middle space. So uh, I, given how high quality I know your work is, I'm pretty sure you're, you're headed towards middle space, not the overcorrecting. <laughs> so I'm not worried about that one for you. So, so now that you have released 1.0... Obviously, it's going to be maybe up to a month and a half before people actually hear this one, because I think it's going to come out in like mid-April and we're recording on February 22nd. But if they were interested in kind of like taking a look at what your development roadmap is going forward, A, do you have any big plans right now? And B, if you don't, is there any good place for them to look to see if there's any way they can kind of like see where you're headed? Yeah, so there's always so much to do. And if you look at the issues, there's a bunch of issues. I try to label them if the feature requests. I'm not really that much on top of it, but I should be. Okay. Some of the some source. of the upcoming um, things I have in my roadmap is I still do want to figure out how to tackle per model roles where mm-hmm. you can assign roles. Then there's also something that I also want to tackle, which is building constraints to the abilities. This is like way more complex, but where you should be able to say like similar to ownership, but just generically, you should be able to say, allow this user to view posts where post priority is one or whatever. So you should be able to add arbitrary constraints onto the models so that mm-hmm. the ability only applies based on the models. That's one of the things I want to do. I also eventually probably want to break out the documentation from GitHub because it's growing and growing and growing. And I probably want to create its own website for it, the proper. And a really long-term goal is to maybe even create a front-end package with UI that okay. is something that people can, you know, similar to what uh, Taylor did with Passport, where mm-hmm. they have like a set of, yeah, but I know since they did it, it's become more complex. People more use Livewire, yeah. people use Inertia, they use it with React, with Vue, with Svelte, with there yeah. are so many different, I don't, I don't know if that's really doable, but maybe just the, maybe just the plumbing, maybe just the JavaScript part of it, and then mm-hmm. let the people do their own UI. One thing you could also do is what um, Stripe, and I think the new cashier does this too, where when you go to edit this thing, it takes you to almost what feels like a standalone app. So it's not like it has to be embedded in their existing app. You just kind of tap through to it and you're like, oh, I'm now in the thing that has like a, you know, a nice sidebar with the logo of my application in it. It's got its own user interface. When I'm done with it, I hit save and it just boots me back to my yeah. normal thing. People have become a lot more accepting of that idea rather Stripe. than feeling like everything has to be integrated, you know? Yeah. Stripe does that? Stripe checkout? Stripe, it's Stripe checkout, I think. 
Yeah. yeah. I, I, I always forget the name of their individual products. And I think the new cashier does that as well. I remember talking to Taylor about that. I can't remember exactly where he landed, but I think the new cashier does something like that as well. So it's something people are definitely warming up to where it doesn't always have to be perfectly integrated, especially if you're like editing something. It's not like the checkout page is an entirely different page all the time. I think it's a little bit, uh, but I think Stripe checkout is, but I think um, with the cashier at least, I think it's some aspect of like when you're editing your own settings or something like that. I wish I remembered off the top of my head, but yeah. So there's actually there's actually two parts of the front end. There's one about the administration. There's also about checks. In addition to being being able to check permissions in your back end code, sometimes you also want to check permissions in the front end code. If you have like an SBA okay. or anything, you want the front end to be aware of what permissions are allowed and what aren't. Mm. Now that makes sense for sure as a as a package. Yeah, but that also, like just like I said before with caching, that also there's mainly like three different strategies you can take with that. You can either uh, fetch all their abilities up front. Mm-hmm. You could have the resources that are returned from the backend include within them, within the response of the resource, include what the current user can do with those resources. Yep. And you could also have just an endpoint where you could just send queries to ask whether a user has a certain ability and get a response. Mm-hmm. So these are three different strategies, which is also something that has to be figured out. Yeah. These things are further down on the roadmap, but yeah, hopefully one day I'll get there. And hopefully somebody who hears this gets really excited about the, <laughs> the opportunity to help challenge or solve the challenge with you and maybe actually contributes too. Yeah. So the, my next question is literally, would you like to request any help or support? And it sounds like there's plenty of things where if somebody wanted to help out, wanted to be a part of thinking through those things, they can go check out those issues. Um, do you also have a, um, a GitHub sponsor or Patreon that you want to shout out? No, no. Okay. I've never done that. Maybe I should look into it, but I'm good for <laughs> okay. now. Yeah, it's up to you. So was there any other way that people can help or support you other than kind of chipping into those issues and seeing if they can either help think through it or even think through some of the code? Is there anything else yeah. people could do to support you? Yeah, just a, just a second there about the GitHub sponsors or Patreon or whatever. I do feel like once you turn it into a sponsor, even though it's still open source, it sort of gets closer to a commercial endeavor yeah. and you start becoming more responsible for it. Meaning like right now, if I don't want to work on Bouncer, uh, I can let it yeah. go for, I mean, I, I'd still check on the issues and make sure nothing's broken, but I'm not going to, if I don't want to work on it for a couple of months, mm-hmm. if I'm busy, I'm just not going to do it. Once you start accepting sponsors and ex- ex- accepting money from people, I think that moves it up a notch, even though it's still open source and people are not paying you directly for your work. Yeah. That's what I think. So I, I'm not totally sure understand. I want to go down that route yet. Yeah. And totally fine by you, you know, and yeah. I, I would say that if I were ever to do it in your circumstance, I would try to be very clear, like... This means this, and it doesn't mean that. But you're right. Even if you clear, if you spell that ahead of time, people will still develop some entitlement to your time and your energy, and that's something you should definitely protect. So I'm here for it. Okay, thanks. <laughs> okay, so I think we're about wrapped up all the questions I had for you. Before we're done for the day, is there anything else you wanted to talk about with this package? No, I think that basically covers it. Um, yeah. Awesome. Thanks for the well, opportunity. Thank- yeah, thank you for making this package. Thank you for being willing to spend some time on the, the call today to kind of talk through it and kind of share it with people. I mean, I really appreciate you. Okay, great. Thank you so much. All right. See you all next time. See you.